0: Say hello and gama jova once again to Halftime at Midnight, which is your podcast about Georgian football in English. My name is Emir and I am joined as usual by my co-host over in Costa Rica, Kachi.
1: Hi, Emir, and hello, everyone. Welcome to our eighth episode. As usual, very happy to be here once again. Um, today we have certainly managed to give you all a very pleasant surprise, as we are going to have a deeply interesting talk with one of the most impressive Georgian football players in the world, to be honest, who, by the way, also has um, already made his debut with the national team. So hopefully we're all going to enjoy the presence of our guest, Surab tsiskaridze
0: so first of all, Zuab, then thanks so much for wanting to be here with us on our podcast, which is relatively new, and uh, we have well people from I think 15 different countries listening. Uh, so it's all surrounded around the fact that people have an interest on some level to Georgian football, which is which is our our vision. We just want to spread uh, well news, love uh, anything relevant to Georgian football in English, because there was no such content before. So First of all, we're really happy that you want to join us.
2: Yeah, nice to be here, guys, and I appreciate the invite. And I think it will be it will be nice to talk about yeah different things. So yeah, I'm 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 happy that it's finally happening because we've been chasing each other, I guess, or <laughs> <it looks> quite <laughs> yes. So
0: actually, the stars are aligned on first of April, April Fool's Day, which is a bit ironic.
2: Yeah, this is not a joke. <laughs> no, it's not a joke.
0: We are live with you here now, so. <laughs> Yeah, okay. uh, <laughs> no, Zura, because actually, when someone looks at your career, or like uh, if they Google you and they go on transfer or something, they will have to scroll quite a bit because there's a lot of countries and, and, and clubs on that list. And for me, it's like one of the coolest, wildest careers that I've ever seen. And that's on any footballer in the world. Maybe that's big words, but you know, if you tell me a player who has a uh, a more rich career than you have then uh, i'm interested to know that name but i don't think there are so many and actually when you scroll to the furthest back you end up in brazil in a club called i think in international Limeira or something like that uh, but mm-hmm. i believe your career starts even earlier than that is, is is that correct you want to explain
2: yeah yeah first of all thank you for this intro <laughs> and uh, it did it kind of happened um I don't know. It, it 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 happened by itself a little bit, but not really by itself. Of course, I, I had to put a lot of action into it, but it, it didn't happen like purposely like that. It's just um, I always wanted to take the next step or challenge and challenge myself. So these things kind of occurred. And if you I guess if you're a club director or or an agent or, or someone, if you're scrolling through my CV because I, I know how football works nowadays also. So if, you, if you're if scrolling through, let's say, with your eyes, you're like, oh, this is pretty cool, you know? So the guy has, you know, had an adventure. And if you're scrolling through with the eyes of a director, president, an agent, coach, you, you might think, hey, this guy he must, be, he must be crazy. He must be troublemaker. He's, he's moving from, yeah, he must have uh, some kind of character problems if he's moving from club to club every season almost. You know, is is he reliable? Because I've been I've been asked these questions, you know, mm. and I had to always explain myself or tell my story. And, you know, it's it's always story behind the story. But um, well, when I was four, I moved to, you know, four or five. The Soviet Union fell apart and, you know, everyone who could leave at the, those times left and we had a chance. I moved with my my, my mother and my stepfather and my one-year-old brother to poland so i i grew up in poland you can say i lived there in warsaw for 10 years yeah so i went to i went to school there i learned polish uh, you know and actually i was speaking perfect georgian when we moved i only spoke georgian uh, to my mom but my stepfather was was russian that's how people don't understand don't know the story behind that how and why I don't speak Georgian? How I forgot Georgian? But there's a story behind that. He was uh, stepfather was was Russian. He didn't understand what uh, me and my mother were talking about. It's not like we had the top secrets. <laughs> He's <It's> just a <laughs> just a child talking to to his to his mom. But uh, there was other issues. He didn't he didn't understand. He said, "Okay, no no Georgian. They can't speak." Uh, so so I forgot it unfortunately uh after some time, it was kind of knocked out of me uh literally <laughs> and then um yeah but by, by the time i was um, I was like twelve, I started to play quite late organized <clears throat> football because I started to play with the with a team called Agricola Warsaw, which was like um, you would say they were backbone to they were kind of um, a youth team if you made it from there, the next step was to Legia, legia Warsawa. So, they were associated to each other. I think you've heard of this team. Yeah. Uh, but, 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 uh, you know, we made a decision for, there's another long story behind that, but I don't know if we want to get into it or not, but, there was limited opportunities in, in Poland, and uh, my, my real father is also Georgian, and uh, he's actually, he had a, he was, he is a, well, he still sings sometimes, but he was a professional singer. He was a, he had a band called Iveria back in the day, and he traveled all over the Soviet Union, all over Georgia. He was quite well-known, and then all of a sudden, he decided to go into opera. Uh, so he changed that com- completely, but his voice is still... Uh, there is a Dynamo, the Belizei Anthem, that is played before a- each game uh in, in in georgia and that recording is still still there until today so that was oh, pretty wow. cool when i i actually heard it and i was like is that that's him you know that's because i was <laughs> there with my my fiance when i got called up to the national team uh, five years ago and then we were invited to the last game of the season of the udc yes really was uh Retiring that game and and before the game they always played the Dynamo Dynamo anthem and I said to Sofia said hey do you know this voice and then we asked actually is this and they're like yeah yeah <laughs> but I was like that's my dad
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so so that anthem is still there um, so that was that was pretty cool to to know but anyways going back if, to your original question how I ended up in Brazil mm-hmm is um when i moved to the state to live with my my father and he tried to bring me to the state a couple of times um finally you know it worked out and there was limited opportunities when i came this you know soccer <laughs> not football soccer soccer was uh it was you know it was difficult to find a team i was playing kind of by myself and uh, i was at that time 14. And I was looking for a team, you know. I was looking to, for people to play with. And I remember I was I was playing with the, my with my father one time in the, in the park, and there was a team training. And uh, I just we just asked if I can jump in into into the training. And I said, yeah, yeah, you're welcome, you're welcome. So that's kind of um, where I started. I started playing as a, as a as an attacker, as a you know as a forward so i I played the last 11 games with that team and i think it was called vienna galaxy or something like that and i played 11 games scored 11 goals and that's my my dad always remembers that statistic specifically um so basically when i joined that uh, youth team you can say i was an attacking attacking player it was fun um and I was looking for an opportunity, you know, always to to go pro because I started to go to middle school in the states, and I went to, to high school. For, basically, from 14 to 17, I lived for like these three years more or less in the states. Then I started to travel um, back and forth and all over the place. So um, after a while, um, um, somebody got me a trial uh, i was probably 16 um i I've, I've met um someone who actually changed my changed my i would say uh yeah physicality to to be a, a proper pro uh, his name is greg petrosian he he was working at dc united i don't know if you know this team yeah uh, he was there from like 2000 to 2004 when they won all the championships you know uh stochkov was there freddie adu just came out uh you know aleko in Skandarian was there uh and and others let's say so he was a fitness coach there and himself had a fantastic background and uh, uh he was a uh, long jump long jumper and uh in the the Olympics, and he was yeah he had a fantastic background. He he kind of basically was still working with them, and um, he had to check me. They were you know before I went uh, on a trial on a test with them, so he approved me basically, and I went on a test with this with DC United, and they said, oh yeah you know we really like you. You're still young. You don't have a US passport. You don't have anything uh we want you kind of to go to college and to follow you so we can set you up to actually go for free if you if you'd like if you want to have a scholarship and then we follow you maybe you can go for two years get the paperwork and you can join us let's say like that that was the plan Mm -hmm. and i said okay after this two three days trial i did really well and i said thank you very much but i want to go pro as soon as possible that was my you know I, i wasn't interested in going to college and they spent four years there I was thinking I can be a pro for four years you know so basically you know I had opportunities to go to college I didn't go Uh, I had couple that I could go to but I chose not to I was chasing uh, the pro contract and I continued over the years to train with Greg who made uh, absolutely uh, a bull out of me because (laughs) technically I was was quick but uh, he added something extra. He, he he added he added to to my game this physicality that I could be playing on a top level because you need that you need that physique to to be to handle this type of um, let's say um, yeah uh, this this type of uh, this type of pressures on your body. So, but before that. We were basically playing. Uh, there was a place where we also always played pickup games <clears throat> in the area where I lived. And I played with different teams. and played with <clears throat> different people. And all of a sudden, somebody saw me playing. And uh, this guy used to play in Brazil himself. And he used to also play for grasshoppers, but he broke his leg at a young age, at 26, and he had to quit his career. But when he saw me, he today, said, hey, you know, Hey why don't why don't I just take you to Brazil? I was like, uh, <laughs> sounds good, but what do you mean? like yeah you know i, I can I can see a potential in you his name, his name was Dawood. I can see a potential in you. I was playing there. I speak Portuguese I have connections. we can just bring you in and I'll just let you let you play there for like under 20 somewhere you know you in sao Paulo. So first uh, we had a talk, chat with my father. He he was really uh, was a little bit uh, afraid because at that time, well, he, you know, it was not so safe. It's still not in in some areas, of course, uh, in Brazil. But he trusted that everything will go fine. And uh, basically, uh, we went we went there, and we first went to a club. It's outside of São Paulo. Uh, called Internacional uh, de Limeira. And I forgot even which division they are playing, but I was I was supposed to train with under 20, and the, the whole thing, I was still playing a striker. I was still playing forward. Mm. And I started to get in a fantastic shape. I started to play really well and, you know, scoring goals in friendly games because we played so many friendly games because they are coming people on test all the time, all the time you know, sleeping on the floor, sleeping in a stadium, sleeping all over the place. But we, I slept in the stadium in a small room with four players. And uh, we had no internet, we had no no iPhones, we had nothing. And I had no, I didn't speak any Portuguese. I had just English and Portuguese dictionary. And we had four, four, basically four kids and uh, four guys, young guys in the room. And uh if they wanted something, they would point point it out in the dictionary, and if I wanted something, I would point it out, and that's how I how how I learned Portuguese really really fast. Wow. and the whole point of me being there, I was preparing for uh, something called Taça São Paulo. It was a big cup for the youth youth cup on the twenties, and all the teams from Brazil, they around 100, 100 teams, they come to São Paulo and they they, they play this big cup. A lot of agents come there and watch, and you know, people were surprised. They were like, "What the hell are you doing here?" <laughs> and I was like, "Well, I'm just, you know, looking for opportunity to get, you know, better." And uh, you know, and I was on the level. I was really on the level. So, so what happened was I got a tendonitis from too much, too much playing. I got a tendinitis in my knee, and uh, I, nobody knew how to treat it. I was sad. I, I couldn't make it to this. That's a São Paulo, you know. I was crying. I was sad, and I had to return because because nobody knew how what was happening with my leg. And of course, if I knew if it was happening now, I would know what to do. But back then, nobody could help me. Nobody knew, and uh, I had to return. And I got in a I got in a fight also with uh, with this guy who took me initially. Uh, long story short, he had some. Basically, he was working on a project where he had the CDs with the uncut footage for with the Brazil national team behind the scenes, what they're doing, let's say, like a documentary thing, uh, you know, mm-hmm. what they do doing in the locker room. There was all these guys phenomenal, uh, you know, Ronaldo and uh, Roberto Carlos and all, you know, the old Brazil. Yeah, he had this footage of of that, and he was, you know, very proud of that. He was showing us, look at this, you know. And uh, he, he he showed me and my friend, and 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 uh, we were in actually um, my fitness he yes, this uh, Greg Greg's house. And he he misplaced those CDs somewhere, and he he thought that maybe I or my friend took it, you know. And he was very upset. He was like, "Yeah, hey, where's the CD? Where you know?" Because it was this. For him, it was this, uh, an opportunity to, I guess, make a lot of money from this documentary. And I say, we say, hey man, we didn't take it. Are you crazy? Why would we take it And He started to, he went to the pocket of my friend's, like, uh, jacket, just to check. And I said, hey, hey, hey. Like, friends don't go in friends' pockets. What are you doing, you know? And he's like, yeah, this means so much. What do you mean, you know, what is this attitude? This means so much for me. So long story short, you know, Greg, he said, well, check your bag again, and he did. And basically, his CDs were right there. He, he didn't he misplaced them in his own files in his own bag. But we got in a fight that day, and uh, basically, long story short, we I dropped him, and I went back to Brazil because I was only there for six months. So I, I went back to Brazil by myself. To I made a connection there, and I was staying with a friend's house and you know um i was waiting to 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 to, to find a team another team and uh, a lawyer was this young guy who was working for for Inter uh, de Lima we made a nice connection and he gave me got me a trial on this other team Grêmio barueri was another site of another uh side of sao paulo so i went there and it was great. They were like, yes, you know, we like you a lot. I was still playing striker. I was still playing forward attacking. And the director of the club, because nobody, everyone was surprised. Like, what is this foreigner doing here? You know, it's like we're trying to get out of Brazil. You're coming to Brazil. Why? Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: and yeah. nobody know, knew what to do with me because at that level, it wasn't pro. It was under 20. So for me to play official games, they need to make make a paper, paperwork for me. They, they have no idea how to do it. But this guy, there was a sporting director of that club, and he knew how to do it. The process have started, and all of a sudden he gets a stroke, he, he 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 and he goes into coma, into coma. So so that was that. I uh I was left with just playing friendly games, being frustrated, and you know I I couldn't get any paperwork done. So I had I basically returned to the to the state in that moment.
0: Wow. I mean, when you hear this story and you just think, like, this must be, I don't know, coming from, from some, it feels like I've been watching a, some kind of documentary uh, myself, as you speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, But I do understand the reactions that you get of, like, having this kind sort of odd path. Like, and you said you've been hearing it a lot throughout your career and you had to explain it and and, and whatnot. But there's a, there's just now that we kind of summarize your career to where you are today. And from what you just explained, did you know that that I think you have represented? What did you say, Gary? Was it is six confederations in total?
1: <laughs> uh, actually, actually, there are four. As I've, I've oh, sorry, four. Uh, four out of six. So actually, actually, I had a question stood up to you about this. Mm-hmm. You know, honestly speaking, now uh, it, it is it is a fact that you have played in four different confederations, and I do believe that there are not many players. Who have achieved this throughout history? Not only now, but in history. Do you know if you hold any kind of record with this, or are you aiming to maybe in the future to fulfill and play in every confederation? Because that would be really, really awesome. Yeah. Uh,
2: I, I didn't know that. Uh, that's thanks for the info. <laughs> uh, I, I only, I only knew that I played uh, almost all, all, on all continents uh, except australia and and africa yeah is that what you mean or
1: yes that's yeah that's 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 the reason yeah
2: <laughs> and so you're you really know, close uh, to
1: playing you, every continent man you, you it's, can't it's, retire it's anytime close. soon
2: man <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i mean to be honest you know before i signed here in uh in 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 Vossalund here in sweden I was speaking quite intensely with people in uh, in Australia, so that could have been another <laughs> fifth one. But yeah. over there, w- what happened was there's a um, huge. They are really serious on the lockdown. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. they 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 not they don't. Uh, basically, they close their borders every time there is any case. So every time they have like one, two, three, to five cases, they shut down everything. They close borders. They they're very, very strict over there. So, you know, we're keeping in touch. I'm keeping in touch with them. You never know what happens in the future. But, I mean, I'm running out of years.
0: <laughs> oh, you can still do uh, six months here, six months there. Do a six of six uh, confets. They're there's still trying. <laughs>
2: yeah. No, you know, that's... The, the, the thing is, I was uh, actually uh, invited. That was 2014 before I went to Thailand. I was mm. invited by a very, very good team uh to come on trial but I wasn't interested in going to trial. Uh, hold on a second, that was even earlier, I think that was twenty twelve after I was in Russia and I was looking for a job. Uh I was invited to go to Mamalodi Sound Downs in South Africa. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And they were a huge club, and they basically they won the Champions League in Africa, and uh, and, and South African football is the best in, in in Africa, the continent. And they wanted to they could they could pay for my ticket, flight ticket, and just basically you know two agents was working on this, and they were like saying to me, hey, you know, just go and uh, and, and test. And I was uh, I was so tired of tests. I was like, come on, you know, just just sign me because there was a centre back who was actually Dutch guy leaving from there. It was a club legend. He was leaving. They yeah. were looking for another one. So mm-hmm. I could have I went there already, but yeah, it didn't happen.
0: No, no. But I have a question now, since you, you have sort of been moving, uh, like you said, uh, through a, a lot of cultural uh, contrasts and you must be used to having these kind of uh, constant changes, if you will. And where have been um, the place where you have felt like is quite difficult to be settling in have you ever faced a, like such a challenge
2: yeah you know i um, i think when i if i go somewhere by myself i'm quite easy going and you know quite open so it's, it's it's. i think it's easy for me to kind of blend in and you know uh, find a common language yeah uh i remember when i was 19 uh, this is when i went to uh actually the backstory to it is that when I came back from Brazil, I was training with the uh, Kansas City Wizards for three months. That was another MLS team. Mm. And I was in the preseason with them in Florida. I was we went to Argentina. We played uh, Boca Juniors and Lorenzo, the reserves and we came back and they offered me a contract. Uh, it was back in the day something called Developmental. And I was excited to continue with them. Uh, with MLS, and um, you know, basically an agent who set it up. This French guy, French Algerian guy, uh, he said that you know, oh, you know, it's maybe better to go if you're dreaming to go to Europe. Let's go to Europe. And he was living. He's from France, basically. He's so an Algerian guy, but you know, he was, grew up in, in south of south of uh, south of France. And uh it was a tough decision. I wanted to stay, but you know, he pursued it also at that time he, he was, you know, speaking to my father because you know, he obviously uh persuaded him to uh kind of change change our minds and let's go to France. I mean since then I kind of since 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 that since 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 France since I was 19, 20, 21, I started to make my own decisions uh after that because i got enough experience i had i've learned you know uh i've learned from mistakes i had to i had to make many mistakes and take two steps back to take one forward kind of thing you know i had no one to take care of me i didn't grow up in academy i was not schooled in academy i you know basically everything was uh my, my, You know, my minor sh- or major struggle, too, to to find clubs, agents, you know, all these things. But we can get into it later. Uh, but that was tough for me because when I went to France, I was living uh, with this guy's, uh, this agent's brother. And uh, he didn't tell me that the guy likes to drink. <laughs> <laughs> so he would uh, sometimes wake me up in the middle of the night to, you know, use my cell phone. He was finishing up all the credits. In in the phone, so I had not, you know, I was waking up. There's, I have no, I couldn't call anyone, but it was, it it was funny. He was kind of like a fisherman, and I would take go on a journey with him to like uh, fish out these oysters, you know, it was illegal, but you know, basically, you would dive in the canals and fish out these oysters things, this, 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 you know, crabs or oysters, and Mm. he would Mm -hmm. sell them every day, a couple kilos, he would earn money like 30, 40 euros. Sometimes I would, you know, he had this car that <laughs> uh, I would basically take these oysters and drive it, drive it back to his, you know, garage or something while he's still swimming in his gear, swimming gear. And then uh, come back and pick him up from this, from this uh, canals. And that was that, you know, but uh, that was funny. That was funny. Um, then I moved out. To, I lived on my own in France, but that, that city, you know, I was in a city in the south of France called Set. That was 40 kilometers of Mont- from Montpellier. And even the players, French place from France, from other places in France, they told me, you know, this place is special. And I said, what? What do you mean? Because if you go there for a vacation, you have these nice canals, you know, you have this Mediterranean Sea, they have a lot of fish restaurants, like, uh, you know, seafood. Uh, for two weeks vacation is fantastic, but to live there, then you realize, oh, you know, oh shit. So uh, they were right. You know I wasn't so welcome after a while. you know it's a little bit of a of a village, a little bit of you know people, everyone knows everyone. Didn't like outsiders so much. Um, and i wasn't I wasn't playing uh, for the first team as much as I could have it's it, again to, to this agent who 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 brought me there. he was delaying. i was I wanted to sign for the first team They wanted me to to sign. there was a, there was a new coach. And you're like, wait, 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 play this friendly game because it's about you're it's, it's gonna you're gonna play against League One or League One or League League Two teams against Toulouse, against this, you know, play these games. Maybe they're gonna see you. You're trying to push the agenda all the time. Um. So, so at the end of the day, um, I ended up not signing from the first team, and I, I ended up in the reserves of this team. So there's also a story from 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 that. I don't know if I should get into it or not. Uh, but to answer your to, to answer your question right now, that time was really hard for me uh, in in France. So that if I remember from all the places I was in, I would probably say that that was a difficult one. Um, so also, you know, people think that maybe oh Saudi Arabia, uh, but actually, you know. They're really friendly. They uh, they love football. They they lo- they are crazy about football. I had a, a really really good time there. So so it wasn't even that. So I had I had more difficulties. But I was also young, so it was maybe I had I was more stubborn also. So all these things are factors. But uh, I would say the South of France was tough for me in that moment. But
1: other than yeah. that, I
2: I, I think I can blend in nicely.
1: Well, you have a. I'm pretty sure you have a lot of stories in each in each country, Zurov, and that's that's wonderful. And I, I'm guessing that also you have a lot of friends around the world. So it is hard to say. Okay, I'm going to visit someone because you have to choose maybe one per year. But but besides that, uh, I wanted to ask you a specific question, Zurov, if you allow me to. And mm-hmm. uh, and also I want to recall a small episode uh, in the past. And I'm I'm not sure if you remember the the good old times when. When the social media was not yet on internet and the only way for communicating was uh was the forums um mm-hmm. so we actually we had a forum in, in of georgian football but it was created by georgians like you and me you and myself who who let's say are, are georgians who live abroad and we have our lives abroad and mm-hmm. and we were speaking in english and the forum actually we, i met emir in that forum a, a long time ago. Uh, and the forum of the Geofootball.com. and I do remember that in two thousand and nine, two thousand and eight, among those years, uh, we were struggling a lot. The national team was 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 playing terribly, well, possibly one of the worst uh, eras in our independent national and in and the in uh, the national team. But I do remember that one of the guys in the forum back then, uh, and we were thinking about putting Kaladze on the side and bringing somebody to play as central defender. And one of mm-hmm. the guys uh, wrote, oh, "Hey, we have a." We have a Georgian player in, in, in the US. He's playing in Miami, and he shared us this this four minute footage, uh, like taken recorded with a, with a calculator, a terrible quality, and uh, and it was you, man. And I was you're playing on on the back and on the on the side sometimes. And you were really aggressive uh-huh. and uh, well uh, technical as well as you as you are uh, you've been always uh, and we liked it a lot and we were like okay well, what what's the federation doing about this you know and I do remember that one of the guys in the forum he had some connections and he started to write to the federation and we were kind of asking him every weekend and especially after we had a lose we were like okay we're losing because we don't have Tiscariza without what's going on you know so. Um, <laughs> Besides all of that, I was really excited because you were the closest Georgian to me because I, I'm living in Costa Rica. And I said, okay, one day I'm going to take a plane and go to Miami, go to the to the stadium with the Georgian flag and I'm going to scream his name and and miss him and whatever. Uh, but at the end, uh, 10 years had to pass for you to have a chance in the national team. And uh, personally, myself, I was really, really excited to see you there and, and, and I was really happy for you. And, and the, I, I believe you made an assist in one of the games. Uh, so uh, it was great. It was great to see. Uh, so I wanted to ask you personally, how was the experience of you being reached by the GFF? Uh, if you liked it, if you expected it, and how was the, whole, the overall experience with the guys uh, like uh, in the team and if you still keep in touch with them and if you, if you still follow the national team or if you did before that? Um, so what would you say about that?
2: Well, first of all, what a... Uh... What an amazing background story to that! <laughs> it's crazy. I uh, I even forgot I even forgot all that. Yeah, but it's that in Miami. Yeah, imagine, you know, just to go back to, there for a second. Uh, when I left France, I was looking for a team, and my buddy, he um, we were together actually in France. He, he was also playing in the Kansas City. He was a Russian guy, and he, he lived in Orlando. He said he wrote me a message. I was in the state. I was in the D.C., uh, Washington D.C., and he was in Orlando, Florida. He said to me, "Hey, you know Miami FC, they have this open trial." I said, "Okay, what is that?" Well, you pay fifty bucks and you come and you can trial, you know, with all these people. I said, "Oh well, I have nothing to lose. I have no team. You know, I need a team. I want. I want to. I want to find a job." <laughs> so, okay. uh, I think at that time, be, be, between the clubs, I was even working at some uh, office. Uh, basically uh, putting putting their old old information from these floppy disks into the computer. That was my job for like two months before (laughs) before I got the call. (laughs) Yeah. So I was doing all sorts of jobs, you know. So that's why I appreciate being footballer so much because I know that the margin between making it and not making it, it's so small, you know. It's really so small, and um, I appreciate what what football has done for me, and I can probably never repay. But um, I also, you know, I always hustled to, you know, I always put myself out there to achieve something, I guess. And then basically I flew down to Orlando, me and my buddy, we took uh, his father's truck, and we drove down to, to Miami, and we stayed in a hotel. And then, we, you know, basically, we, we filled up a form, paid 50 bucks, and it came to a trial where there was 120 people. And there's all kinds of people, you know, you can see, like, fat guys, you can see some young guys, you can, you can see some, uh, you know, actually actually nice players. And at that time, I was still looking at myself as a attacking player, you know, uh, striker, winger, and they were dividing us into 12 teams to make this, you know, to, to, for the teams to play against each other and, you know, to, for us to, to be seen. And we, we came at 8 in the morning. And basically, they said, oh, who can play left back? Because everyone was all of a sudden a, 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 a forward. And there was there were too many of them. I said, okay, just to get in a team, just to get a trial, I can play this left, you know. And they said, okay, so you're in the team, this, whatever. And our game was last. It was at noon when it was hot and we were sitting there already for four hours, you know, waiting for our chance. <laughs> so all of a sudden we're playing, me and my buddy, we're on the same team and we're killing it. And there are coaches where all Brazilian stuff, it was Zinho, actually, it was a uh, 94 World Cup winner. They started talking to me on the side because I was running up and down in English. And I said, oh, but I actually speak Portuguese. I said, what? They said, what? you speak portuguese and then we started while we while i'm while i'm playing i'm speaking to them and they're like okay whoa 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 so basically we were invited to another day like the next day they were cutting down the teams cutting down the teams so at the end of the day out of 120 people they they chose four people to come back and, and train with their with their you know with the main team with the a team and at the end of the week basically i impressed them enough that out of out of these four people they ended up signing me so out of these 120 people who showed up i signed <laughs> so so it was fun it was fun i experienced i flew back i took my car and, and drove 13 hours down to, to miami to spend the season there but uh fast forward to being called up uh, to the national team it's uh, i can't even put it in the words i thought somebody wrote to me on on facebook uh, and uh he's like yeah you know i'm this and that and i you know working for the federation and blah 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 and first thing he asked is like do you have a georgian passport and i was like eh, this guy has to be joking now joking he's guy to be kidding me it's probably <laughs> april Fool's day or what <laughs> uh and, and I, then i asked a friend of mine who had uh, some connections with, with the Georgians and, 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 and people in the Federation. Do you know this person? Can you find out about this person? Is he real or is it a joke? And he came he got back to me, I think the same evening. He's like, no, 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 this is real. This is real, like, it's not a joke. And I go back it's like, whoa. Yes, so I just, that the craziest part is, I, got my, I had my Georgian passport for a while then i also got another citizenship the u.s and i didn't know that for a long time but when i received the u.s uh, citizenship there was new rules that my georgian citizenship just basically cancelled by itself Mm. so before all this um i was i think in 2014-15 hustling really hard i i don't know why i did it but i said i want my city because I called the embassy one day and I said, "Hey, you know what? I noticed my Georgian passport is expired." And they said to me, uh, "Not only that it's expired, you're not a citizen anymore." I said, "What? Yeah, you're not." So I had to I had to start the whole process again. I had to write a letter to to the president. I had to have witnesses that say, "Okay, this boy or this guy is a nice guy." I had you know, people vouching for me that, "Yeah, we know who he is. He's, you know, he's not some you know mm-hmm. criminal." And, uh, you know, I had to send all this info in. And then there was problems. With, there was back in the day Skype. Oh, my God. I was supposed to have a face-to-face interview. You know, I couldn't download it. On, I had to have an older computer just to, you know, keep up with the older technology in Georgia to have this face-to-face. So I was going through like 10 laptops to find, you know, the, the oldest version to so I can finally do it. I don't know. It took a lot of hustle to get my documents back. And just as I got it, by some miracle, like a year later, I'm getting this call up and I'm like, man, this is crazy. This is, I didn't do this for nothing, you know? And I don't even know why I was doing this. I was just, okay, I want my citizenship back and I was really, you know, persistent about it. So when they called me, uh, they said to me, look, Coach Weiss is looking for Georgian uh, players, but with, with, with more European uh, mentality. And he's looking around Europe, and he, he he knows the club you're playing for. Obviously, he's, he's, he's uh, Slovakian, so but he's you know Czechoslovakia was one country; it's next door, and he can come watch you play. I said, oh, I just got a red card." So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and this was in Teplice, right?
2: That was in Teplitz. I I got my, you know, everything has like a crazy backstory to to it. So I don't know how long you guys have, but but basically, basically, you know, I got my, I got two yellows in that game, but I guess, but that also was, there was a red card. Basically, it was a second yellow. We were losing that game. We we're chasing a game, and the guy ran into me. And the way it looked like, I, I stuck out my elbow. It doesn't matter. I got a red, but it was also my fifth yellow in the season. So that was an extra suspension. Mm. So that was two plus one plus the way I was leaving the pitch. I was kicking everything. I was yeah, I destroyed the the door inside the locker room. I mean, they made a big deal out of it. And I, I you know, basically, I went to the federation. Uh, like a week later uh, to apologize because uh, you know I said i never done anything like this I'm sorry You know, it was my first uh, incident like that and can you please take away because I think they wanted to give me five games uh, somehow uh, because of this accumulation of uh, red and suspension and this and that and I, I ended up having I think only two two or three games missed and, of course, I missed the biggest game of the season against Sparta. And uh, it was another one, another one. Anyways, long story short, uh, the coach really liked me. Uh, there was the last last game of the season. Uh, I didn't start it, but we played uh, that game uh, in Olomot, I think, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. And that was close to Slovakia. So Coach Weiss with his assistant, they came to watch the game. And the team, uh, we were shit, we were we were losing like three 0 or something like that. He put me in the second half and it was still ended like 4-0 or something like that. It was, or, or more, or more, I think it was 5. But I, I played well, you know, and I've done everything I could. And, and I was thinking, oh my God, after seeing this, it's never going to take me. <laughs> <laughs> But he messaged me and the the guy who was helping me. It was like an agent friend, you know. Um, after the game, he said, you know, come to this place. he was just across the street in a in a restaurant, and he was so so friendly, you know, so likable. And uh, he said, you hey, know, don't worry about the games. Like I've I've seen you enough before. I've seen you now. I don't care about the result. I don't even care about what happened. You know, you know. I just want to see you uh, in the camp. And I was like, wow. I I was. In Seven Heaven,
0: heaven.
2: <laughs> and we had a plan because we didn't know what was going to happen. Me and my my girl, we had a plan. We already planned something out as a vacation because it was end of the season. And I was negotiating with Teplitz to have a three-year contract, ten-year contract. So, but he said to me, "If you had a plan, don't worry. Just bring you. You know, he was so nice. Just bring your your, fiance, your you know, your wife, your fiance Bring, bring." come together to the camp, come to Georgia. You stay in a hotel, you see the, you know, come to see the city. Mm-hmm. So he was very friendly and we went together. We went together and it was her first time in, in Georgia. Uh, she already knew that our cuisine because of, we, we ate a lot of Hachapuri in Teplice. <laughs> we had some Georgians there. Uh, and, uh, but oh, she loves Georgian food. And that was my first time back. Uh, in 25 years since I since I left oh, since I left Georgia nuts. to be to be called back and to come back as a you know a national team player that 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 was crazy yeah
1: it's it's an incredible story Zura and uh, <laughs> oh my God and uh, and and you know how much the Georgian people love you right I, I can see even in your Instagram everybody is always sharing this kind of uh, complimentary good comments to watch you so uh, this is the feeling we all have towards you I don't I don't know why it's uh, because uh, as you said it, it was uh, the you returned after 25 years but you're a really nice guy you're a pure georgian as you said and actually i was about to ask you about the georgian food so thank you for going going first on that one <laughs> but uh, uh, zurab i wanted to give you another another question and this is more more like professionally. and i know that you had uh, your time with the boys you made a, a couple of of uh, key players of the national team um i'm pretty sure that you had a really good connection with them uh, but uh, also, we wanted to know your opinion about the, the national team itself. Uh, I mean, what, what's your opinion about how? Uh, I mean, I, we, we somehow want to avoid this topic in, in Georgia and, and among our, our our environment. But we lost the final, and we didn't qualify to the to the to the Euro, which was really painful. And we're still kind of uh, thinking about that. Uh, I, I mean, where you where you watching these games? Are you following the national team or you? You're more like into your business or, or what's exactly your, your position with the national team? And if you do, uh, what what is your opinion about the the, the the team right now and what they did the last year?
2: Uh, well, basically, you know, when I came in and I had my debut, I had my time there. Uh, a lot okay. of things happened. First of all, I felt a little bit, I felt really welcome, but at the same time I felt a bit of like an outsider because I didn't speak the language. So who is this, who the hell is this guy? You know, he thinks he's Georgian, but he doesn't even speak it, you know, but I have to always give the long story why I didn't. And uh, nice enough of the boys, they, they spoke, they, maybe they, they didn't want to, but they, you know, but many, many of them spoke spoke Russian. Other players, they spoke some Portuguese playing in, in those leagues or French or English, you know? so. So I felt really welcome. But of course, when you go to national team, you always have to just, you know, you have to prove that why you're there. You know, it's not, an, it's not supposed to be an accident. And uh, it's a lot of prestige when you go to the national team. And, um, you know, it's, uh, well, sometimes people or players take opportunity to to, to kind of um, make the best out of the situation for themselves. Um, uh, but, but, um, let's say, um, yeah, I really appreciate also what you said before about Georgian people. I have felt really good connection with them. And, um, I always, I'm always honest to how I feel and to, to the Georgian people. So I know that they just, not only Georgian people, fans in general. If, my policy is if you, if you leave everything on the pitch, you, you will be appreciated. Or you are are playing, we are playing as professionals for the fans, you know. So win, lose or draw, if you do your absolute max, you know, that's all they want to see. That's all you want to see, even if you lose, but you lose lose with your, you know, with your heart left on the pitch. So um, if you're asking me what I think about those times uh, or what happened in the final and what happened, uh, how the team looks now. I think, um, from what I'm getting, from what I'm understanding, uh, I think players burned burned out mentally before the final. Uh, from from the info I'm getting, uh, because uh, you know the way the players were, I think the the vibe was that we already made it. That's the that that's what I'm that's what I'm understanding. So that we already true. Yeah. that we we already made it through. But hey, you know, we still have to play this game. And you know, the flares, the you know, this amazing uh welcome when the bus was coming in and it was it was such such a huge support. And also now, you know, people are really pissed that they couldn't get in the stadium. Obviously you know that. Uh-huh. And you know, that you could easily separate them by one or two meters and give you know the, the you know people were still there, so corona or not, corona people were still gathered outside of the stadium, they couldn't get in, so they were frustrated. And I think if they were in, you know, players would have been very much encouraged. Uh, but they felt it felt like we were mentally blocked or burned out in the head, not even in the legs, but in the because we haven't played a good game. Um, and that's how that's what I think it was mental block. Uh, I think players. Not all, of course, but like I think in general, we thought that we made it. We made it already. It's done. But we have to still, of course, play this game. I wasn't there, so I can't tell you for sure. But this is what the information I'm gathering yeah. from the outside and from people I've been talking to is that we looked like we already won before the game started, and then of course uh, we were. We felt like I guess we were burned out mentally in, in some way, and we couldn't get our supporters in the stadium where they were really, really angry that they couldn't, they couldn't come in and, you know, give the real support because I think when you have a you know, full stadium, I mean, as full as you can mm-hmm. in Corona times, yeah, that gives the player extra generally and push that, you know, sometimes when you're exhausted, this gives you like, you know, second, uh, second wind, you know, gives you a lift. That's what it is a huge advantage. We should have taken advantage of that possibility of having fans. Mm. You know, forget the rules. You know, bring the people in. Now we have people in, and you see, you know, how they're playing yeah. against mm-hmm. Spain. So I think that's that's what happened, unfortunately. And of course, you know, I'm, I'm following as I'm watching as many games as possible, and um, I watch all three games now against Sweden. Yeah. You know, people in Sweden, they were saying, ah, oh, some of my teammates, it's going to be easy 3-0 game. I said, hold on a second. <laughs> Wait, until, <laughs> <laughs> Wait until they come, because there's a new code, there's new players, coach wants to prove, players wants to prove, oh, there's this emotional explosion, you know, Yeah. there's a lot of adrenaline. Uh, we couldn't take advantage of bad Swedish Swedes. It was, it was a bad game for them. I think they were really criticized in Sweden. Mm. Uh, uh, and and they were they were also nervous, but also we played well. We made them we we made them play that worse, of course, with our pressure and yeah. You know, uh, obviously maybe with some changes, it was a little bit the tempo dropped or whatever. Yeah. In that particular game, we could have went up one 0 with 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 Pili for Italia. Absolutely, unfortunately, it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. You wanted to say something?
0: No, I wanted to ask you because uh, being Swedish myself and also really into Georgian football for about like what ten ten years now or something, it was a hard game for me to watch because uh, my sympathies mm-hmm. were were very much split. And I was wondering, hmm. in your case now you have this, you, you have a Swedish wife and you are obviously a long history here in Sweden. Uh, how was it uh, for you back home? Where, or did you have like a did you have to sleep on the couch for supporting Georgia <laughs> or uh, how was it? <laughs>
2: Uh no, no no I I was I was I was hundred percent fully for us for Georgia for Georgia. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't care, you know, you know, obviously it's, <laughs> I understand what you're saying, but, but uh I, I want I want I wanted Georgia to come in Sweden and show that oh look, we we play football, you know, we know how to play football. We're yeah. a good team. And if we played against Swedes like we played against Spain, we would have beat them we would have beat them that day. Mm. And the game against Spain was just unbelievable. That was when I was, for me, the best game we played in the last five years, maybe. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, uh, the, the the only thing I, I said it today, I had, a <laughs> I spoke to someone else earlier today on in the interview. I said the same thing. I'm going to say it to you guys too. But for me, it was like the way we pressed them was so amazing. Uh, it it so much it takes so much effort to to press and then come back to your to your position. It takes so much fit, fitness and then also concentration. But I was thinking, oh my god, I don't know if we are able to press like this 90 minutes. It's humanly almost impossible. But you could see the, the first half was amazing. We pressed them. We didn't give them an inch, you know. And I think a little bit we ran out of steam. Our in the second half you could see a little bit uh, that the players. Still it was there, but of course it's it's so difficult to keep up such a tempo. It's almost humanly impossible. And and of course, I mean, the game probably should have just ended 1-1, and so unlucky to to lose it that way in the, in the 90 90 whatever something minute where the, the ball is swerving and not ten times out of ten, they just you know punches it over. But I think in the last second, it just he went further to the right or to the to his left than he expected because it was a nice. It was a nice uh, knuckleball, we could say. Yeah. No, and then, um, yeah, yeah. And then the Greeks. I I watched the game first half and the second half. I was actually driving, so I, I couldn't pay attention so much. Mm. But first half was also great. Great pressure. Great tempo. I, I love the uh, you know our players are, are very lively, working really, really, really hard. You know, discipline is there. Pr- pressing is there. Playing on counterattacks. We could have beat the Greeks too, and it, that's kind of like a sto- our story of of Georgia. We could have, we could have, should have, you know. Yeah. a lot of times.
0: <laughs> that's true. That's true. What's your view on maybe the hottest topic uh, after these three matches? Is that uh, is there a new star being born in Kvaratskhelia?
2: Yeah, of course. But I I said it today that of course this guy is going to go places. Everyone can see it. He has a great work ethic, unbelievable technique, speed. You know, he cuts inside uh, to his to his right, but he can also go to his left and cross it. And he's got so many weapons. Uh, the only the the only thing, I it's always so it's it's a, such a shame that our best players can never be on the pitch together at the same time.
0: You know, That's true. if
2: one if one like that is is basically stealing the show or basically is is running the show. You know, for example, you don't have another guy like uh, Okservidi, for example, is injured, or is another guy, uh, let's say uh, Czechla, is injured, mm-hmm. or is another guy is not playing for his club. So you can, you know, one guy, another guy now is COVID positive. We can never, we we can never bring the best players that it's possible in this. You know, Ananisa back in the day, he was he was the one, you know, also but he didn't have maybe others around him. Now he's kind of gone, and the others coming up, but you, you need maybe like two, three players like that at the same time on the pitch for for us to, I think, have a better chance, because he's creating a lot by himself, but uh, maybe, you know, we need another extra.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, We have to agree that he looks more positive than in a very long time for Georgian football, and Sure, we're still without three points but I think as we were saying before uh, it's all those this would have, should have but there are coming games now against Kosovo I think in September so we have uh, uh, we have chances for three points the way we're playing right now I think
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly exactly and look at Kankava at 35, what a, for me is a huge example because mm. I, I personally, you know, I, when I met him I, I saw h- how professional he is and I yeah. I've met only few in my whole life that is like that. I don't even know. I can say few or more than on my one hand. He's so pro. And at 35, the way he's pressing, the way he's running, the way he's behaving, everything about him is a top class, you know. And, uh, you know, Kasia at the back, uh, solid rock, Loria, fantastic saves. Uh, it's a great mix of young and like older generation. So it's mm. I, I think I think it's exciting to watch. It's very exciting to watch to be honest.
0: Yeah. What about for yourself? Do you feel like you still have uh, something to give for the national team? Should that be relevant at some point? I know. Do you do you have you have you let's say given up on that on that ambition or does you still have that fire in you?
2: I definitely have this fire. Um, you know, I contacted them as well when the new coach was appointed because I listened to his interview with Luis and I said, hey, you know, oh, I would love to play for a coach like this if he gives me a chance. Obviously, let's say I wasn't without a club for the last three months, so, you know, I'm not looked upon as a, as a player, let's say, in the shape or in the top level right now because yeah. I'm just going to start my season in you know, April 11th. But uh, there was always somewhere somewhere in the back of my head a still small dream to return. I always wanted to return after I left. And I was explaining today, I didn't know why what happened. You know, the problem was also when I came back to Teplit after after being after beating Spain one nil we had a I had another uh they gave us a week off in my club and I was supposed to return and uh, sign a three year contract. So when I return, the sporting director is fired. The coach is fired, and there is a new coach who doesn't speak uh, any English. He just says hello to me, yeah. and we don't speak for three months. So that was, that was that. I had to learn Czech. I had to learn Czech to speak to him in his own language because he was getting rid of all the foreigners. So in the end, we had eight foreigners: maybe Croatian, we had the Slovakian, we had the Ivory Coast, we had Portuguese, and me, some other guys, and. At the end of the day, he got rid of all of them, and I was the only one left. And I realized, you know, to get back to the national team, I have to lift the appendix to continue playing in a top level, so I can get pulled back. And that's when I came back to Austria. I came back to Sweden to to play in Austrian camp for mm. the FCS system. Mm. Uh,
0: obviously, now your your future is at least in Vasa It's a pretty new team in Superettan. Uh, how do you look at your at your future what's your ambition with Barcelona now
2: you know when I came uh to Barcelona and I saw the team I was thinking to myself oh you know I got kind of ex- I was a little bit you know oh. I was excited actually I was like I was thinking oh this is this is very interesting mm. because you know we want to be humble and we want to you know see how things go but the way they killed the the previous league Etan. They destroyed mm. it completely. They got promoted and uh, they have the same values now. Um, but I think is, uh, also a lot of a lot of new players, good players have arrived lately too. Mm. So we have a, a team who can play football, a technical pl- a team who, who likes to pass, who likes to, who likes to score goals, run forward. But also we have a team who works hard and we, we've done a lot of physical preparation. So we're also fit, you know, really fit. And the way I look at us that you know the the plan is to have a bunch of teams behind us, but I think you know we could be we could be doing something special this season. I don't want to say too much not you know, to put any pressure but, <laughs> yeah. but 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 the way it looks like for me, it's quite exciting uh, i I didn't have this feeling for a for a while for a long time oh. because I was always battling lately some relegation. relegations but 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 now it's like, oh wow. This is interesting. This looks nice. You know? Yeah. I'm happy it's, to do that.
0: It's not like a like a normal newcomer it sounds like.
2: Uh, yeah, actually, exactly, exactly. We came in and I quite kind of strong. you know, good signings, uh, you know, have happened. The team looks solid. You know, people are people are training hard. Of course, everything will depend now on how things go game by game.
0: Yeah no absolutely uh we wish you like the best of luck in Vasalund Zorab. and I also want to just thank you for again wanting to be on our show and it's been so amazing to be able to take part of your stories and uh and views uh on all these topics and uh yeah you're you're a top guy and we we wish nothing but uh but the best for you in Sweden actually for me you are like yeah my My closest duplicate here, like a Swede with some Georgian interests when it comes to football. So uh, it's been a pleasure for me to have you here personally.
2: Oh, man, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I, uh, you know, thank you for for having me and, um, you know, we can do it again when the, the stars align, <laughs> yes,
1: for sure. Zurab, I wanted to to give also some uh, fi- a final comment to you. And out of all your experience and how professional you are, and uh, the much respect you have gained, and the, this, this this warm feeling we have towards you, maybe in the future you're planning to be uh, maybe a head coach. I I know maybe uh, after ten years after you retire because you still have ten years of of youth uh, talent in you, but maybe after ten years, you, maybe you can you can you can think about heading. Or coaching a team have you have you thought about that
2: yeah you you have actually read my mind because you know <laughs> realistically realistically i got few 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 years left i i could actually i feel like i could play a couple more years easily now it's just about who is actually looking at me in the ways you know if i can keep up for now i feel like it's not about keeping up. It's still about it's still playing in a elite football and, and feeling good. I don't want to be uh, playing and feeling like oh this is getting you know I'm I'm embarrassing myself or something like that. This is getting sloppy. Right now it still looks like hey oh, you know I'm still I'm still in it and I feel good physically and uh, I'll go as far as possible. But uh, but I would love to go into coaching. I think that's my that's something that i would i would uh i was planning to do i wanted to get my licenses way before but it's intervening with, with, with playing games so i can't do it while while playing games because then i'll have to miss games so i have to wait a little bit but this is something is really excites me because i think i can give a lot back to football from my experience from what i learned from you know i've seen so many coaches and seen good and bad and taken away a lot of good and tried to learn from the bad but I would love to this is this is something that I would love to do after you know for player's career to go into coaching so you read my mind my friend
1: <laughs> I have a really, i fantastic. have a really good feeling about this Caleb. I have to be honest I have a really good feeling so so personally I wish you the best of the luck for now as, as, as player I really hope to see you back in the national team um as I said I, and I, I'm pretty sure nobody would regret but uh, we all love you a lot and, and thank you for being such a such a good example for all of us uh, and also thank you for joining this, this this episode it is it was really special for us and it meant a lot and hopefully we'll speak again that that's for sure that's for sure man we'll, we'll have you we'll have you back here this is your home
2: yeah, i would i would i would i would love to do that again so thanks a lot for your time guys and um, yeah we'll keep in touch so Absolutely, it will be interesting to do will do one more during the season or something, or and a follow up. Why not?
1: Of course, we'll do that, Surab, Definitely. So once again, thank you for for being here with us. Thank you very much, and everybody listening. Please, you have a nice day ahead. And as we always say, na